is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 40 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And from our studios in Overland Park, Kansas, this is the Sports Psychology Hour. You know, I've been privileged to do this show for 20 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, down on the air for 30 years. And throughout my career, I've had the privilege to meet so many wonderful people, working with professional athletes, the Olympic teams, collegiate athletes, high school athletes, all the way down. I've met so many wonderful people. And there have been people who have had an impact on me throughout my career. I've learned so many things. And today, we're going to have a very special man on with me today. Someone I met back in 1990 when I was one of the first full-time sports psychologists in Major League Baseball at the Kansas City Royals. And as I got started working with the team that year down in Baseball City, Florida, I met the head groundskeeper. His name is George Toma. And I will honestly tell you, in my 40-year career, I don't think I've met anyone nicer than this man. He could not have been friendlier, more personable, more helpful, and I've been fortunate to keep up this friendship with him over the years. A couple of days ago, on February 2nd, he celebrated his 92nd birthday. He is in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame. He's in Major League Baseball Groundskeepers Hall of Fame. He's also in the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he's joining us this morning. George Toma, my good friend, thank you for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure and honor to be on your show, and your friendship for all these years means so much to me, and then some. And then some. Let's talk about that, that those three words, George, and then some. You gave me a t-shirt years ago that I still wear all the time, not on a day like this because it's below zero here. Um, it says, and then some. Why don't you tell everybody what that means? Well, the and then some, it was a... Uh, gentleman from one of the hospitals in Overland Park sent uh, Mr. Ewing Kaufman a letter about me, uh, that watching me work, I had the endensum, that uh, no matter what I did, I gave, I gave it a little extra. And by giving a little extra, uh, it completes the job, and then some. That endensum distinguishes the mediocre from the great that little extra and here at the Super Bowl the last three four weeks we had 27 people working because we have the practice facilities and other things to do uh, we all had the end and some you have had the privilege and the honor of being groundskeeper at every Super Bowl I myself was at the first Super Bowl my father took me to that game you were there too in Los Angeles January 15th 1967 
You've been the groundskeeper at every single Super Bowl. Can you please tell us, I want to talk about what is involved in getting a field ready for this game. Because unlike any other game during the year, there's much more that's put into this, isn't there? Well, there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, in the early days, uh, first Super Bowl in the L.A. Coliseum, uh, we only had five days to get the field ready. Uh, Mr. Commissioner Pete Roselle asked me to do the first Super Bowl, and by the time we got out there, it was Monday and then working through the week, and we only had five people to get the field ready, and... Uh, we only had a trunk that was three feet by four feet of equipment. And uh, we have two tractor trailers full of equipment because we not only take care of the game field, we take care of the practice fields and uh, uh, NFL experience. Uh, they have artificial turf fields at the experience and line them up. but. Uh, it's uh, getting the field ready, and uh, uh, it's like uh, people think you just have the field, but we have the field, but all this week we have had time rehearsals, so maybe we had four or five hours on the field each day, and then the pregame and halftime rehearsals have the field because they, have, they do a good job, and uh, they do a little damage that we have to repair. And uh, they have to practice because they have to get those big stages in and out of that field in a certain amount of time so they don't hold up the game. So I've always wondered, does the halftime show stress you out? Uh, it, it does a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you get to know the performers and uh, they cooperate, you know, uh, uh, sometimes there could be a little problem. Uh, we had a problem at the Super Bowl at the New Orleans Superdome where they got the steamboat on the field at the halftime show, but they couldn't get it out. It wouldn't fit under somehow underneath the goalpost, so we had to hold up the game a little to get some ladders in a hurry and, and take the goalpost down to get the steamboat off the field and resume play. That had to uh, get you, your blood pressure up a little bit in that game. Well, right. It, uh, <laughs> but we got it done, and everybody was satisfied. And so that's why they have to be sure that uh, there's nothing that will set the second half of the football game uh, in any way. Everything go bing, bing, bing on schedule. And that's how it has been since that time they couldn't get the steamboat off the field. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and I'm privileged this morning to have as my guest Hall of Famer George Toma. He has been the groundskeeper at every Super Bowl. This is the 55th one. He just celebrated his 92nd birthday. George, happy, happy birthday to you on that. And I'm honored to have you on, taking the time out this morning before you, you get to the stadium to get everything ready. We're going to go to a commercial break here in a couple moments, come back for our next segment. But before we do, what, what has been the most memorable moment in your career, all these years of doing all this? Well, actually, uh, everything I have done since I was uh, born and raised in a little town in Edwardsville, Pennsylvania, Anthracite Coal Region, and everybody in our towns or in that area was very, very poor. 
and everybody just about worked in the coal mines. And when I tell people when you were eight years old, you worked in the coal mines. And a lot of these eight-year-old youngsters were killed, not only by rock slides, but most of them were killed by getting kicked by mules because they were the ones that led the mules out of the mines with the coal coal cars loaded. And... uh, uh, they did a terrific job, and I never wanted to work in the mines. So that was your motivation. Right. You know, you've done all these games. You've been at all these games. We're going to come back. and do, I want to talk about teamwork because your grounds crew has to work together as a team, and you're, you've been the instructor. You've been the guide. Now you're the guide emeritus. We're going to come back from our commercial break and talk about that, George. I'm so lucky to have you on with me this morning. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, my guest greatest groundskeeper in the history of the world, George Toma, the nitty-gritty dirt man. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. When you watch a sporting event, you watch the athletes, you watch the coaches, you watch the fans. Some people watch the officials. You only notice the officials actually when they make a mistake. But you don't really notice everybody else. There's so many other people involved. And there would be no Super Bowls if you had no field. And joining me today, I'm lucky enough to have the greatest groundskeeper in the history of sport, George Toma, whom I've been lucky enough to know for many, many years. He's been the groundskeeper at every Super Bowl, joining us live from Tampa on his way to the stadium. George, tell us a little bit, if you would, about how you get your team prepared, because isn't the psychological part of all this important just as much for you as it is for the players getting ready to play? Yeah, we have to have a good teamwork, and it all started back in the coal mines of Pennsylvania. Uh, when I was 10 years old, my father died from anthracylicosis, black lung disease, so uh, you had to get a job. So uh, uh, it's teamwork at the age of 10. Uh, my first job was on a vegetable farm picking tomatoes, 10 cents an hour, 10 hours a day, six days a week. And we worked as a team. And then uh, when I was 11 years old, I got a job on a chicken farm, 50 cents a day, and uh, lunch. But the farmer taught me a lot, a lot of things he taught me I still use today. And uh, he was a great man, and every Saturday he would say, George killed two chickens and carry all the eggs and vegetables you could uh, on the Saturday to take home. Then when I was 12, I got a job at a uh, baseball st- uh, stadium, Arturi Park in uh, Wilkesburg, Pennsylvania. It was a great league. It was the Eastern League, Class A Eastern League. And it was a Cleveland Indians farm club and a lot of players that made the major leagues played in Wilkesburg. And uh, working at the ballpark was just me and one man, but we learned to help each other. And after that, uh, 
Bill Beck in 1946 made me the head groundkeeper for the Wilkesboro uh, Indians then at that time, and uh, I uh, learned to work uh, hard and uh, take people under my wing and, and get a feel good because my theory is up until today, and I sometimes get a lot of perturbed when people don't do things. Uh, the, the cheapest insurance for an athlete anywhere from the preschool, kindergarten, all the way up to the professional level, the cheapest insurance is a good, safe playing field. Then you try to do give the fans in the stands and the fans on TV a field of beauty. So uh, I tried to do that. Then in 1948, the war was over, and uh, Bill Beck would send me with the head groundkeeper. I thought was the greatest groundkeeper in the world, Amor Bonser at Cleveland. We would go into uh, uh, deactivated Navy uh, air stations or Army uh, stations, uh, artillery bases, where we would go in and build a couple fields. And then uh, the, the teams would practice on these fields, and they would use the officer quarters for their housing. And then uh, in 49, we went down to uh, Georgia and built some fields. And 1950 was the biggest one. We went into Daytona Beach and built six fields in Daytona Beach. And uh, today, that's where the Daytona 500 is. But you learn to work with men and, and work together and to accomplish uh, a good, safe playing field. And uh, a lot of times uh, we have excellent people, and a lot of times you have to motivate people. Uh, let me let me ask you let me ask you about that, George, yeah, about motivating right. your grounds crew. Okay, right? Because you know, right. most people don't. You know, they they come to a sporting event. Of course, in normal times, when there are fans in the stands, you come to a sporting event. You take it for granted about the field. There's a lot that goes into getting that field prepared, and a lot of that's about making sure that your team of guys working with you are all on the same page, right? Right. You have to work on the same page, and uh, uh, we have an excellent crew at the Super Bowl uh, this year. We last year we had 35 people because we have practice fields to maintain and uh, NFL experience, and uh, it takes a lot of people and to get the job done. And uh, our our crew consists of this year of 27 people because of the coronavirus. We're down, but we had an excellent crew, and. Oh, like part of our crew is Randy Baker, and he's the head groundkeeper for Belton High School. And this is his 22nd Super Bowl. And that's here in Kansas City. Right, he's from Kansas City. Uh, being does a good job at Belton High School, and uh, if you see the logos on the field, the Super Bowl logo, uh, he's... Uh, Randy's on that crew of six people that paints those logos, and uh, he does a very excellent job. And we have, uh, uh, and uh, like I say, you always have a Brady, or uh, uh, every team has a good team. Like in football, the Chiefs have an excellent team. But a little stands out are 
Mahomes and Kelsey. And we have four people this year from the Miami Dolphins ground crew. And they are, there are Mahomes, Brady, and Kelsey. They stand out above uh, the other people, but they're still part of the team and work hard. So it's important uh, that everybody have, everybody's on the same page, everybody understands right. their roles, and the communication has to be clear because everybody's got to do their own thing. And, of course, you've got a lot of guys coming who are their own in charge of things, so they've got to understand right. where they fit on the team, don't they? Right. We all work together, and... Uh, I could uh, put six men out there on the field, and they'll be my captains, and they'll motivate the people that's working with them. We have three excellent people from the Arizona University of Arizona State at uh, Tempe, and uh, we uh, have people from a lot of uh, NFL teams, uh, Philadelphia Phillies, uh uh, the Ravens, uh, the Giants, uh, and so, they're all over, and we work as a team, and uh, everybody helps each other. Uh, there's nobody that's uh, going to loaf or anything like that. Uh, they are all work together. I can put six captains out there and give them each captain five or six men, and you can forget about it. They're going to... Uh, do the job, and these captains are going to motivate the men under them uh, to do an excellent job. And they do that job, and then some. If you look at the logos on the field, they're outstanding. Well, I, you know, I've known you for since 1990 when I met you working with the Royals at spring training, and I watched your leadership. I watched your work ethic. We're going to come back from this next commercial break. I'd like you to hang on a little longer before you get to the stadium there. And just, just talk about, as, as a groundskeeper for you, what are some of the stressors that you have to deal with? Because, you know, fans take it for granted. The field's out there. It's going to be in great shape. But it, there's a lot that goes into this, and, and the stress you've got to handle is really important. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me today, greatest groundskeeper ever, George Tomey. He's in the Hall of Fame baseball, football. He's in... He, He's the best. He's 92 years old. He's been the groundskeeper for every Super Bowl, and he's taken the time out of his preparation to join us this morning. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Joining me today, the greatest groundskeeper there ever was, George Toma, live from Tampa, Florida. He's taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us this morning. And George, happy birthday. You just turned 92 a couple days ago. Happy, happy birthday to you. I appreciate you so much being with us this morning. You know, we're, ta- we're talking about the stress you have as a, as a groundskeeper to get us, not just any the Super Bowl, but any field ready. What are some of the stressors that you have to handle in charge of a field? Is, the we- is it the weather? 
I think I had stress ever since I came to Kansas City uh, <laughs> because I was with the Detroit Tigers in Charleston, West Virginia, and John McHale, the president and general manager of uh, Detroit, called me and says, uh, we just gave Kansas City Athletics uh, permission to talk to you. That was in August of 1957. And he said, go up to the press box and call Park Carroll the general manager to make arrangements to go out there. But before I called Park Carroll, I called uh, my mentor, uh, Emil Bozer, the groundkeeper for the Cleveland Indians, and told him what was coming off. And he says to me, George, don't go to Kansas City. He says, I've been going in there a few days a month to try to straighten that field out for my good friend, Lou Boudreau, who was the manager. And... Uh, he said, not only that, but it's not a good operation. Uh, and uh, he says, in the springtime, it'll flood you out. In the summertime, it'll bake you out. So I called Paul Carroll and made arrangements, went out there, and the field was really bad. Uh, it was a uh, worse field I've probably seen, uh, even in the minor leagues. So, uh, And you could so see I some pretty bad fields in the minor leagues, I'm sure. Right, and this was really bad. So I thought it over and talked to the people out there, and then I went out to Denver because the Denver Bears, the Hausman brothers, wanted me to take over Bears Stadium, a uh, beautiful, with a beautiful mountain background, a Yankee farm club, AAA. So I went back to went out there and visit too, and it was really nice. And I went back to Charleston, West Virginia, and I thought it over, and I said, George, the best thing for you to do is to take the Kansas City job. It's a challenge, and if you mess it up, nobody would ever know. It was so bad. So I took it over, and in May of that year was all weeds coming up and things like that. And in May of that year, I had to spray and kill the weeds. There were so many weeds in that field that after I sprayed it there in May, it was brown. And the sports writers and casters about ran me out of town. So uh, what would you do about that? Uh, so I just, uh, the, the, it didn't bother me. I knew what I was doing. And, uh, and uh, that was in May. And by July the 1st, we had the best field in baseball. And ever since uh, that time, uh, all those years at Ole Municipal Stadium, uh, we had baseball, uh, Kansas City A's, Kansas City Royals, and then we had the Kansas City Chiefs, we had the Kansas City Spurs soccer, we had the Beatles concert and other concerts. And we never resaw, and they put the wolfback bleachers up, and we never resawed the field. If I spent a thousand dollars on that field in one year, I was lucky. But people hate me for this one thing: that I love Charles O. Finley. Charles O. Finley took care of me. Yeah, first thing he did was double my salary, and uh, and he gave me one assistant. Uh, working and what happened, who made me, and we used the uh, students from Lincoln and Central High School, and we had to motivate those people, these black students from uh, 
Central and Lincoln High School. And uh, Charlie O'Finley took care of those students. Uh, uh, they used to drag the infield in 28 seconds. They put the tarp down in 45 seconds. Mel Allen of the Yankees said they shouldn't be on the ground crew. They should be in the Olympics. When they put that tarp down fast, Charlie would call me and say, double their salary and take them down to Bryant's Barbecue. And if any kids hang around there, take them in and tell Arthur to uh, send them the bill. But I wouldn't be here today where I am now if it wasn't for Charles Old Finley and those black students from Lincoln and Central High School. They're the ones that made George Toma. I, you know, I, I've got a question for you, because uh, being right. a Kansas Cityan, moved here when I was four, and remember going right. to games at the old stadium. Right. Charlie Finley was famous for a lot of things. One of the things he had was Charlie O the Mule, but another thing he had was Lamb Chop Hill. And out right. above right field, there were lambs, sheep out there grazing on the grass, correct? Am I, am I correct on right. that? Right, that's right. Okay, did you have to take care of that grass too? Well, we couldn't cut that grass because it was so steep. So Charlie came up with the idea of, of, of putting sheep up there. And the sheep did the job. And what we had, uh, Charlie put a man up, a high school student, uh, his name was Weekly, and he put him up there dressed in a shepherd's outfit. And uh, I remember that young student went on What's My Line in New York, uh, being a shepherd, and uh, we painted, <laughs> the dyed the sheep different colors, and uh, it was great. And then he had a uh, he and uh, Weekly. Uh, Worked there at the Shepherd, and that paid his way through college. And then we had Buffington, another high school student that took care of the picnic area. We had rabbits and monkeys and Charlie Old the Mule. And uh, it, uh, it just came work, so you had to do a lot of things and motivate these people. And uh, it was like this. Uh, working... Uh, in Kansas City, uh, people think that George Soma is rich. George Soma is very poor. Uh, working for uh, later on the the Royals started in '69. From coming to Kansas City in '57 and leaving the Royals field in 1995. Working all through those years, I had to be a motivator because I never had anybody that worked all year. I never had an assistant, so I had to do a lot of work by myself and not having anybody, an assistant or anybody work all year. You had to motivate these people. Uh, so well, and that's and that's what I want to get into in our in our last segment. We're going to go to here in a, in a, in a couple minutes. Right. How you've motivated all these people is you've had guys who've worked with you for years. Your son Chip, I know, worked with you forever, right. you, you, and he's with you now, I think. Right? So you're 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 very very busy with what you've done. You've been you've gone to Israel, worked in a kibbutz. You've done all kinds of things. I want to know what the secret. When we come back from our our commercial break here in a minute, I want to know what the secret behind George Toma is. 
You're 92 years old. You're still working. You've been the groundskeeper at every Super Bowl. You are a motivator. You're an inspiration to so many people. You've helped so many people. George, I, I know all the athletes that I've known over the years, whenever we talk about you, there's nothing but love and affection. They, that you, you're a man of honor. You're a man of integrity. You've worked your rear end off your whole life. You're still doing it at 92. I, and what I want to talk about this last segment when we come back from our commercial break, I want to know what the secret to you at 92 years of age, being so healthy, being so together, I mean, you're, 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 you're an incredible individual, and I think people can really learn a lot from you on that, so I want to do that when we come back. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time this morning for joining us, because I think you're, you're sharing things. People don't know how much is involved with getting a field ready for a big for, for any game, let alone the Super Bowl. And you're, you're sharing your secrets with us. And I think that's awesome. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest today, as I mentioned, is George Toma. He's been the groundskeeper at every single Super Bowl. He's been there every time. This man is an incredible man. And at 92 years of age, you wouldn't know he wasn't 30 years of age because of the way he talks and how he handles himself. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Let's be honest, the National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov thereightseat the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And I'm very, very privileged to have as my guest this morning, George Toma, the greatest groundskeeper ever. Live from Tampa, Florida. George, I, I, I want to ask you, as we, we finish this last segment, for you. You just turned 92 years old. When I'm sitting here talking to you, you wouldn't know you're a day over 50. How do you keep yourself in such great shape and, and, and being so together? How do you do it? Well, actually, I just try to work hard. And, uh, and a lot of times, working around youngsters made me feel young. Uh, like the great groundkeeper of the Kansas City Royals now, Trevor Vance. He was one of my best men, and uh, he hung in there for a while and had to leave because he only worked from March to October. And like I said, I never had anybody work all year, or I never had an assistant. So uh, we modify him. And at times you tell people, wherever you work, if your bosses or your front office don't care about you, forget about that and do the job for yourself. Uh, make sure you're giving all you have. If nobody cares, uh, just keep on doing the job uh, for yourself to accomplish everything. And then when that happens, People will help you, just like Norm Cash, the first baseman of the Detroit Tigers, uh, seen me, how we were working. And he was so kind. If you used to go to Royal Stadium, see all those John Deere's parked on the field when it rained, John, uh, Norm Cash gave us $750,000 worth of John Deere equipment free. So in return, I would use it at the Super Bowl or do anything. But you have to do it for yourself and motivate people. Just like here at the stadium, people thank me for what I taught them this year already, uh, something new. And uh, don't let things bother you. Like I say, I was the lowest-paid groundkeeper in a big league. That didn't bother me. Uh, I would be perturbed at times, and my wife would tell me, George, forget about that. Because there's no money in the world could pay you what you love to do. And I love to help people and uh, have a great field. And most important thing is give the players a safe playing field. That's the cheapest insurance for an athlete. And uh, that's what we try to do. And uh, mo like motivate the young uh, people. And I think I'm young from working around young people. And uh, I would just like to say that working this Super Bowl today, you can bet your boots up that there are so many Kansas City people. I would say all the people in Kansas City, their fingerprints are on this Super Bowl with me for helping me 
to get this done. And uh, uh, it's one of those things. Uh, I love doing it. And uh, the young children. But most of all, uh, I, th- I love that people that don't like me uh, for saying that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Charlie O'Finley and those wonderful black students at Lincoln and uh, Central High School. Uh, they're the ones that made me because they we had a hard time working and uh, they did the job and then some. You've, uh, you've been you, young students. You are a, an extremely gracious man. You are always sharing your success with others. You've shared and, and, you, and you don't take credit for it because you always mention so many other people. Before we wrap things up today, all the people you've met in sports, and, and God knows you've met a lot, uh, who would you say some of the best people you've ever met are? I mean, you mentioned Charlie Finley as somebody who's left an impact on you, but of all the athletes and sports people you've met, who would you say are some of the best people you've ever met and why? Oh, I say something I wouldn't be here was for Charlie O'Finley. And then uh, Harmon Killebrew uh, would, would call me dad. Uh, Jeremy, Jamie Cork would call me dad. And uh, uh, going, like, uh, Wednesday of this week, I'll be going down to Fort Myers, Florida for eight weeks. And this will be my 20th year with the Minnesota Twins during their spring training for eight weeks. When I got down to get down there, Rod Carew treats me as a, as a, as a son. Uh, he take, checks me out every day. Tony Oliva checks me out every day. And uh, uh, people like that, uh, like Roger Goodell, uh, Friday night came by and talked to me for a while. And uh, uh, the great people, I mean, all the people I, I met in sports, uh, they were all great. And uh, I just loved them all. And... Uh, I say it wasn't for the ground crew and like Charlie O'Finley and the black students, there'd be no George Soma. And I try to help people because here at the Super Bowl, people that are uh, maybe did 20, 30 Super Bowl still come and thank me for motivating them and helping them to do a better job and for teaching them. Well, before we, before, before we wrap things up here, I, I want to say a thank you to you for your friendship over the years. Uh, when I first started in 1990 with the Royals as one of the first sports psychologists in baseball, you were one of the, the nicest people to me right off the bat. You let me come down, watch the games in the bullpen with, with you. You shared a lot of things with me. Uh, you know, I, I, there have been a lot of people that I've met in my career, and you're at the top of that list in terms of people who have left a positive impression on me. I know you got to get going, get that field ready for today. I cannot thank you enough for joining us today and sharing your stories with us. I think so many people will learn so much from you, George. So many people have learned so much from you. I wish you the best of luck down there, and, and uh, we'll get together this summer when this virus is over and we can we can be together again. And I just want to thank you for joining us this morning and sharing your, your story with us. And, and uh, you just take care and stay well, my friend. Well, I sincerely thank you. But most of all, too, I sincerely thank all the people of Kansas City because I had offers to go to the Yankees, the White Sox, every place. But 
I love Kansas City and the people of Kansas City, and I would never leave Kansas City. No uh, other major league or professional team could take me out of Kansas City because of the people. There, uh, our Kansas City is a city with a big heart, and they have taken care of me, and you have taken care of me. And a sincere thank you, and to all the people of Kansas City, uh, may all your good fortunes during this year and all the future years to come be as numerous as blades of grass and then some. George Toma, the nitty-gritty dirt man, love you. You, you stay well. Take care. Get that field ready for that game today, my friend, and uh, I, w- I will be in touch. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was George Toma, and uh, what more can I say? I mean, this, this is one of the most, I think, interesting and stimulating interviews I've ever had with someone. This, this gentleman, and I say gentleman, uh, I've never met anyone who didn't know him, who didn't love this guy. He's shown nothing but... terribly intense passion for what he does and all these fields we've watched games on here in Kansas City all these Super Bowls they've got his signature on them he is a man who who taught me a lot in terms of of work ethic I would watch you know you, you take it for granted when you go to a sporting event about the field but with no field, there's no game. And, you know, you see fields sometimes where the turf gets kicked up. There's all kinds of – you don't see that in any stadiums where George Thomas has been working. The fields are pristine. They're in tremendous shape, and it's because of him. You know, there's so many things that go on in sports. If you've been listening throughout the show to this interview, I hope you can take something from this because this gentleman, George Thomas has taught so many people so much about work ethic, about, about dedication, about commitment, about preparation, about focus. He's the best. I want to thank him for taking the time out of his busy schedule down in Tampa to join us this morning. Hope you've enjoyed the show. You know, our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're also on all the apps, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Spotify. You can also see them or listen to, excuse me, hear them on my website, winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me at, at on my website at drj at winnerslimited.com. I'm on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych. If you want to get a hold of me, you can always reach me at my office, which is 816-561-5556. Hope everybody stays safe. Take care. It's obviously very cold here in Kansas City today, and we'll be for the next week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Take care of yourself. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development 
Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 